Hi, I'm Wyatt. And I'm Grace. And you're listening to Our Dad and your host of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Bodicey Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sean Moore, and I am super excited. As you guys know, my favorite episodes are diving in and talking to successful short-term rental operators. And we've got one of our Vodacy Empire Club members joining us today, Brian Emch. Thank you so much for joining us. And we're going to talk about your journey into short-term vacation rental investing. So thanks for joining us today. Uh, thanks for having me, Sean. Yeah, absolutely. So we're gonna we're gonna dive in. Your uh, your wife Susan was a big part of this process. She's not joining us today, so we, I don't want to forget to mention that she was a big part of this process as we dive into it. But I always like to start Brian by just kind of diving into the backstory of where you guys are from, what led you into vacation rental investing, and if you had any prior investing experience before you really dove into this game, and and kind of lead the kind of the backstory of what pays the bills and what what kind of got us our our eyes and the target set on vacation rental investing. Okay, um, yeah, um, we live in uh, Columbus, Ohio, um, and what kind of got us started in it, I guess, is I've, I did own a, my own business. I owned a consulting firm, software consulting, and then I uh, finally got talked into going full-time at uh, where I'm at now. They've been trying to hire me for years, and I kind of missed doing my own thing. Uh, it's kind of I did that for 15 years, and now I, I went back to the corporate world, and it, it's a bit of a shock to go back to that, to say the least, and kind of wanted to do something on my own. Um, so my wife and I looked at the, I said, Hey, how about we do a vacation rental? I saw this program advertised somewhere and, you know, there's, you know, Hocking Hills is a cool place. It's near us. It's a, seems to, you know, probably a great place to, to rent at and did the analysis and absolutely is. And, uh, <laughs> so uh, real estate's always kind of interested me, zero real estate experience going into this at all, nothing. So, okay. <laughs> I uh, so, learned, learned a lot. <laughs> brand new. Yeah. So you, yes. so with, and so when did that, when did that journey start? When did you really start thinking about it? You know, you, you were, sounds like you've had the, you know, entrepreneurial entrepreneur mm -hmm. at yeah. heart and kind of that yeah. entrepreneurial bug was kind of biting at you again. And yeah. this is yep. kind of probably what led you this direction. Yep, exactly. That, that's exactly right. Just, and, and, you know, I kind of wanted to also uh, diversify some investments, uh, you know, out of the stock market and, and get into some real estate, um, you know, just have, have some different avenues of investment um, for retirement. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 50. Um, so, you know, get getting there. And if, you know, if I can grow this, you know, big enough to uh, quit my day job, I would certainly like to do that. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And that, and so when did you start looking into this then? How, how long? Ago? Uh, uh, let's see, probably let's see, two years ago, February. Okay. So about two, about two years. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So you got started diving in and you mentioned you're from Columbus, Ohio. You yep. you mentioned Hawking Hills and that yep. was the, uh, the market that you ultimately targeted. How did you mm -hmm. decide or land on that market? Um, it, it, one, it was close to us. It's only an hour away. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was easy to go look at properties, um, you know, analyze them, you know, after you could analyze them, you could actually go look at them really easily, just taking a, you know, short drive. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, and we started going through the course, um, started analyzing Hocking Hills and it turned out, wow, yeah, that's a really great area on top of, uh, you know, 
<laughs> being close by. So it, yeah. it kind of worked out out well. You know, we we were looking at beach properties too, because um, that's something that that definitely inter- interests us at some point. But the um, the numbers just didn't work nearly as well as they did for down there after doing the analysis. So we decided. You know, it's close by, get our feet wet with, wet with a close by property and, you know, just made us relax a little more too, that we were close. Yeah. <laughs> Being there's, our first one. <laughs> it's there, there, there's definitely a comfort level when you dive into markets that you're familiar with, they're close, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, it's not, not nearly as scary, especially when you've been on your very first property, right? There's all, yep. there's a lot of second guessing when you're diving into something for the first time. And so, yep. yeah, it's, uh, you know, and, and you guys two years ago, the market was pretty dang hot, right? So yeah, when, oh. you, when you're when you're <laughs> yeah. looking at properties, they're they're not lasting very long. So how many no. properties did you end up looking at? How many offers did you guys end up having to make before you locked in on one? I think we made uh, the third offer was accepted. We we uh, did some interesting uh, stuff with a retirement account that I had a SEP IRA from my previous business, where we basically took a you know sixty day uh, loan out against it and paid cash for the property because we figured cash offers would look a lot better to the yeah. um you know uh, sellers and you know we even lost out on two ca- all cash offers on our first ones <laughs> yeah and the third one you know at that point you know we were offering you know 20 25,000 over asking um and finally landed on one that got accepted uh was not an str it was somebody's primary residence that built it and had lived there since 1993 so um there was there was a lot to do and what you know we did was with that i mentioned what we did with the sep was we took out that loan and then we if you put the money back within uh 60 days there's no taxes on it so we did a cash out refi put the money back in and just basically used it as a really short term loan Interesting. And that's a, that's a real interesting, I, I always love to dive into the financing options. And that's a very unique way that people that to, to be able to purchase that property. So you ended up borrowing, you know, money, lending mm-hmm. yourself the money to go pay cash for the property, knowing that it was kind of that short-term bridge, right? And yep. did you already, you went into it, I'm assuming with that, with that strategy yep. in mind. And so yes. you probably already had your long-term financing options yep. lined up down the line. Yep. And so it ended up being not a delayed purchase. They actually ran it as a, a cash out refi. Um, you actually refined yep. the property. Yep. Yep. That's exactly what we did. Yep. We used uh, Jeff Chisholm from the from the site there. He was at uh, Gateway at that point, I believe. Now it's yeah. at the North Point. Yeah. Yeah. And and so when they did that, that's a um, and this is really this is a really good point for you know every investor, but especially beginning investors is. To look into all of your options back then, you know, you were you were competing with, you know, on a lot of a lot of with a lot of other people, and cash looked good in yep. those competitive situations. But also, don't always assume that you can cash out refi a property after only sixty yep. days. Some more some places yep. have seasoning, right? They have six month seasoning or a year seasoning yep. before you can do something like that. So it's great that you were able to do that, but also went into the game with your eyes wide open, understanding yep. your options, right? <laughs> yep, exactly. Yep. So, so what type of a long-term financing loan was it? Did you end up doing an investment loan? Did you do a second home loan? What did you end up? Second home. Second home loan. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. And so tell us a little bit about the property. What did it uh, tell us a little bit about like kind of what the property was like? You mentioned that it was, you know, it wasn't set up as a short-term rental. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I know the story behind what you had to do, but let's tell everybody else some of the some of the things that you were planning on doing, and then what it ended up turning into. Okay, yeah. So you know, it it the 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 bones of it were really good. It had a completely unfinished basement, um, three bedroom, two bath, uh, and just you know, it was you know, it it had been lived in for uh, you know. 30 years by the primary residence. So there was, you know, it had some nice stuff. We kept two or three things that a really cool old stove that we kept. Uh, yeah. and other than that, we pretty much, uh, we, we kept the cabinets, but we pour them out, repainted all those ourselves. Um, my wife does all the designing. She's an incredibly awesome designer. Um, just really, really, really good at seeing how that kind of stuff fits together. I'm, I'm just the labor on that aspect. Yeah. Of it. Um, <laughs> So yeah, we did most of the renovation ourselves. Um, paid to have some electrical done, but you know, it was a. It, we thought it was going to take three months, and it took about six. Okay. Uh, you know, and of course, cost way more than than we anticipated as well. Um, you know, we we did put a lot of high end things in it. You know, we we didn't. We wanted to kind of set ourselves apart um, with other properties there. There's a lot of properties that have been established, tons of uh, just direct bookings down there, cabin places that have been in business for 20, 30 years. They don't even use any of the OTAs. They're yeah. strictly direct bookings. But a lot of their places are really dated. <laughs> uh, they they kind of were just coasting, you know, and now as, as the popularity of the Airbnbs and VRBO there's a lot of competition down there that has some really, really nice properties now. Um, and, you know, we, you know, like I said, we finished the basement, uh, put a game room in down there, added a bedroom. So it's a four bedroom now. Um, and, you know, the, the game room was a really big addition um, that gets compliments all the time. Uh, people, people love that part of the property. So you, did you end up adding a bedroom or two as well yeah. when you finished the basement? One. Yeah. Yeah. We added one and we had to put an egress window in down there. That was one of the expenses that was, you know, kind of not really thought about. I mean, I, as soon as we started doing it, I'm like, oh man, we got to put an egress window in down here. And, uh, that, that was another, you know, seven grand we weren't, weren't expecting to spend. So, you know, yeah. just if anybody's thinking about renovating a basement, just remember you need to put or to egress some escape route out of there yeah. um, if it's going to be a bedroom. So, and, and those aren't cheap and they're very difficult to find people to do because it took us, I think it was four months waiting um, on this company to get down there and do it. So that, you know, yeah. that's. <laughs> yeah. And, and you unpacked a few different things throughout that, you know, you said, it, you know, the, the budget was a lot, it, it ended up costing a lot more than the actual budget. Yep. And yep. it took longer, right? I always tell yep. people when you're diving into a renovation, plan on about double the time they're going to take yep. you, which is about right where you came in. And then you got to plan on some contingencies with your budget. And some yep. of it is planned and some of it's unplanned, right? Some of the things mm -hmm. you dive into and you think I'm going to do this and then you get into it and then you start to say, well, I'm actually going to take it up a notch or two and you spend yep. more money there. But there's yep. some of those things that are unplanned that you that you have to do when you, what you know, sometimes it's things you don't think about, like the ingress, egress windows yep. in the basement. Other times it's things like, you know, you dive into a wall and you realize there's some, you know, there's some plumbing issues or there's some things that we have to deal with when it comes to, you know, that we didn't yep. plan on. And so that's what where renovations can start to, yep. you know, eat into your budget and then take more time as well. So it's not always that they just always yep. are double. It's just, there's a, a lot of unknowns when you start tearing stuff apart. Yes, absolutely. And uh, 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 no, another expense that occurred, an unexpected thing that you just got uh, well pump died, you know, 
Yeah. Just, you know, that's another not cheap thing. Uh, right. that, that as you're buying a property that's a little older, you know, it's 30 year old property and it was the original well pump, you know, and you're, yeah, you're, all time uh, for it to go. And, and yeah, <laughs> you've got to have some water somewhere, right? So you got to, yeah, exactly. Those things, are, those things are fixed. And you mentioned yep. another thing that's a really interesting, um, point for people is a lot of, a lot of these really established markets and established mm-hmm. properties, they end up you know, they do become dated and they end up sort of coasting a little bit. But as the the playing field starts to go up and as it becomes more and more popular as short-term rentals, mm-hmm. our job as a host is to treat it and continue to raise the bar. And so, like you mm-hmm. said, there's a lot of really nice properties in mm-hmm. most areas, in your area particularly. Mm-hmm. You said, you know, the competition is getting pretty, I mean, there there's some nice properties. And so oh, yeah. as you go through this, you want to compete there and you want to be yep. able to do that. And so, so you end up getting it done. How um when when you ended up launching it, when did you and when did you end up what what was the launch date? Were you on the the tail end of a peak season? Were you going into a peak season? How did the timing line up for when you actually launched the property? Um kind of kind of tail end of peak season. Um as, as you know, or what we thought was peak season. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we were expecting winter to be really slow. Um and we we launched uh, Thanksgiving of let's see it would have been 20 21 is our first guests were Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. Um, so it was a four or five day stay. Um, and in, in our market, it's typically a two, two day stay, two to three, it's a weekend getaway area. Um, so, you know, we were expecting open weekends in the winter. Um, you know, it was just kind of a slow time. Nope. Uh, open weekends were not a thing. We actually had our first open weekend last weekend since we launched. Um, (laughs) yeah, and and we actually ended up blocking it. It probably would have rented later in the week with somebody last minute, but we're like, nah, we're going to go down and and, and enjoy it, you know, (laughs) actually use it. Yeah. Actually, actually turn this into a lifestyle asset, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, we ended up blocking that weekend because, you know, we use dynamic pricing. So the price point a couple days before is, you know, eh, it's, it's not like we, you know, we'd make something, but it's, you know, we'll, we'll just go use that weekend. <laughs> awesome. Love it. And so you, you mentioned you're using dynamic pricing. What are you, how did you set up the management on the property? Um, so yeah, uh, we're using evolve right now. Okay. Um, and I say right now, cause we, we've been having some uh, tiffs with them, I guess I'd say, uh, as far as, uh, something that, uh, they don't, really elaborate on when you sign up with them is they do something along with their dynamic pricing, which we absolutely love. It, it's, it's, the model is great. We, you know, our, our, uh, gross was almost double what I projected. Uh, yeah. so, <laughs> um, that, that is good, but they do dynamic minimum night stays too, which I do not like in our area because it's typically two days. All our summer right now is at three days. Yeah. And nobody can book it because most people are doing one. If we could get the rates it's at right now on the weekend in the summer, I would be thrilled. But most people aren't doing three days. I've emailed them. I, I went all, you know, I joined LinkedIn with the paid version so I could message all the, the upper level executives. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I was a pain in their, their butt. I'm pretty sure they don't like me when they see emails come in from me. I, I'm guessing they're like, not this guy again, but they can't shut it off or they won't. One of the two. So um, we're probably going to be leaving them this summer uh, and and doing it on our own just because that, that three day thing is absolutely killing us. So anybody thinking of Evolve, make sure you ask about that aspect of it. Yeah. 
And it's important with any management company, right? You need to understand mm-hmm. what what their you know what their policies are for photos, minimum night stays, yep. pricing. Like those are all things that as as an owner, those are those are three key things in my opinion that it takes to really understanding your market to maximize our assets. And it's not the same across the board. There are yep. some some markets that three night minimums aren't a big deal. Two nights mm-hmm. can make it, it doesn't seem like a big deal on the when you hear it. But like on all my properties, I have two night minimums. And so, mm-hmm. and and we maximize them, you know, because of because of the, what you're saying. I always, I'm a fan of having shorter minimums to maximize our, our calendars. And that's not always a popular opinion by a lot of management companies. And so yep. you want to make sure that you have those conversations absolutely and understand it. Yeah, it's and and it's not something they really tell you. They they tell you all about their dynamic pricing. Um, we we in fact, I don't know if I ever would have known they were doing it had um so there's some Facebook pages for Hocking Hills that I go on and you know, if somebody says, Hey, we need a cabin, I'll put our link. And they're like, Oh my gosh, yes, we want to rent this. And then they they messaged me back and said, Well, you have a three night minimum. I was like, We do? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I didn't even know. And that, you know, that was really frustrating at that point. And, you know, she, they, they, I've, the guest was great. They all evolved and had them do two nights, but most guests aren't going to do that. You know, they're going to go find another property. I mean, it was, it, it, it's, and that's, that's when the frustration began is that I didn't even know they were doing it. They don't mention it at all when you're signing up. Um, I'm sure it's buried somewhere in a 50 or 60 page legalese contract that I, you know, didn't read every single word, you know, my fault on me, <laughs> Yeah, but you know, it's, it, it's something they should disclose more in my opinion, because it, it's a pretty big aspect to some people. And, and it probably would have been a deal killer had I known it when, when we were talking to them. <laughs> yeah. And, and on, um, to a lot of owners that are listening to this, a lot of people don't realize that even that is that big of an issue. Um, and so yeah. sometimes it's even hard to, even if you did know, on the front end that that was a, a you know that it was three night minimums or or four or five or whatever it yeah. ends up being that you don't have the flexibility to change it to what works in your market see markets aren't the yeah. same across the board and so it's yeah. it's what the what you're we're wanting is the flexibility to make sure that we make those adjustments and so mm-hmm. um it, you know make sure that whoever's whoever's helping manage it that they allow you to do that yeah. because that is that can be something that really um that, that can really put the handcuffs on maximizing your asset because especially in weekend markets, if you're in yep. a weekend market, because I've got another member who's in a uh, very much a weekend market and her night, her nightly rates on the weekends, be, and she only gets two nights on the weekend. She books yep. every single weekend. It's a weekend yep. market, but that's where they make their money, right? Similar to, mm-hmm. to your market. Yep. And, but her nightly rates on those those two days that she gets on the weekends is huge compared to the midweek stays. And so yep. she doesn't really care hardly if she gets the midweek stays, but- yep. Almost every one of her bookings are two night two nights, and she has a, yeah. a great performing property when it comes to the overall numbers. But that's really important to make sure that she can capture those two nights. Yeah, and that and that's the problem. See, it does drop the evolve. It's a dynamic. It drops the two nights as it gets closer, just like pricing. Um, sure, sure. So we have a two evolve lets you set up like a minimum, which we have two nights, but right. then they they dynamically do it. You know, adjust and, it based on yeah, 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 yeah. And the problem is demand and time timing, right? Yeah. But the problem is the prices come down by that point exactly. too when it goes to two. And that's yeah. what I tried to explain to them. And you can't, the problem is you can't prove it in any way that it makes a difference. There, there's no real way to show, you know, I, it, it's, 
and, and the problem is too, there's a property that opened, uh, you know, quarter mile up the street from us. That's very, very similar to ours. And they're a two night minimum guaranteed. They're getting those further out bookings than we are because it, it's, you know, ours, ours is a little nicer, but theirs is comparable and two night minimum. Right. Yeah. And the more flexible we are as, as hosts with the guest, the, you know, the more you're mm-hmm. probably going to be able to book your property out. Right. And yep. so, um, yeah, there's uh th- that's, uh, that's interesting. And these are sign- kind of lessons we learn and why we have these conversations to share with other people as, as you're diving into yep. this. And that's why I always ask about the management side of it. I always ask about the financing side of it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and being able to kind of go through some of the lessons that we learn as we, as we dive into it. Those are, those are major aspects of, the game. Right. And then yep. ultimately that, so you were in, so you had the property, it's been mm-hmm. a, a, almost a year and four or five months now, right. That you've yep. actually had it operational yep. and you mentioned that you're, you know, as far as you're projected and, you know, when you were underwriting the deal, it sounds like you mm-hmm. hit your numbers and then some yep. and did a little bit better than, than what you were, were anticipating. So that's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. How's, how's it looking going into you know, after you've gone in and out of a peak season, you're kind of learning the different times that is peak. I, I always uh, find it interesting too. We always assume that the summer is always going to be the busiest. And I think that, I think that sometimes um, we, uh, you know, overlook the fact that people want it, like, especially in the winter, there's less things to go do. So we get this cabin fever. We actually want to get away in the winter too. So weekends do really well. And what we assume would be a slow season in those types of areas. Yeah. I, I mean, I was absolutely shocked the number of people that still go to that area in the wintertime and they specifically go one, it's not as busy. Um, you know, if you're, if you're willing to hike in the cold, it's really pretty. I mean, yeah. it, it's uh, beautiful, if, especially if it snows or there's, you know, some ice that is formed, it, it's gorgeous. Um, and you know, it's families go down, they like, you know, their kids come and they're, you know, we, they can, I didn't even think about this, but there's a small hill on our properties. They went bought a sled, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, your property is great for sledding!" And it's you know, something I never even, you know, never yeah. even thought of. You know? Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. It's my favorite time in almost every one of my properties, and uh, maybe it's the anti-social aspect of me not liking big crowds. Right. But it's my favorite time is the slow season in every one of mm-hmm. my properties. Um, yeah. Most areas are really fun when the when kind of the crowds go away. You get to really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Kind of the natural beauty of a lot of these areas yep. in in a different aspect than you normally would see it in the busy yep. time. Yep, and you know we get uh, we found too we get spring break like this month you know spring break we get you know families staying during the week which was completely unexpected when when forecasting. Um, yeah, it, it, April and, and March get a lot of weekday bookings. <laughs> yeah, awesome. How's uh, wh- when it comes to really optimizing the marketing side of it is there anything you're doing outside of kind of the the normal things that we talk about or like is there anything that you're that you're doing or you're planning to do on the marketing side to optimize uh, and maximize yeah it's something we need to get get better at i mean we're uh evolves handing a lot of the marketing right now sure. um you know and if we take it back over uh, then we'll be doing all that. Um, we haven't set up a maximizer site yet, uh, which we will, we plan on doing, but we've, we've also been in the midst of renovating another property, which we said we'd never do again, but did it anyway. Uh, 
You're, <laughs> I think I just had this exact conversation with Elisa a, a, a time a episode or two ago. That's why I said I did I did the same thing. It's like every time I'm in the middle of one, I say I'm not doing another one. And sure enough, we do another one because the the finish that once we see the finished product, it's uh, we forget yeah. about all the the heartaches in the middle of it. Man, we can we can get into that one a little later if you want to, um, and continue talking about this um, what's going on now. But yeah, that one we're doing totally ourselves um so uh again is it learn... be another short-term rental or is it just yes a, it, yeah nope. okay so... short term the same area yep so nice. we we came across a deal that is it, it, the, the, the it, it's actually a property that has two cabins on it um one was in rough shape the other one is in extremely rough shape <laughs> um so we're we're finishing up on the small it's a one bedroom one bath really small um but the the property it's on is absolutely amazing it sits about 300 feet up overlooking a, a big stream uh just just the property itself is beautiful the cabin itself horrible um yeah. just the reviews on it like is, you know three stars and i don't even know how it had that so it was it was a rental but it was not taken care of one of those owners that was coasting um yeah <laughs> so, so this is a major renovation then it, it, yes diving into it i'll be posting the entire story once we finally get open i, I there's actually some pictures of it over on the old facebook page from yeah, when we I, bought it over a year ago this for a minute i remember a couple <laughs> pictures where i could see the outside dirt um when you're yes. standing inside the house <laughs> Yes, it was uh, uh, underneath the, the property, right? Is that the right yep, one? That is the one. Yep. Yeah. The, you know, block foundation put on total subfloor ripped up, uh, you know, just it gutted. And the other one is, is the same. Uh, the other one's a three bedroom, one bath um, that that's going to be, a, you know, big, big, you know, probably, you know, a couple hundred thousand, you know, 150 renovation. Um, but we got the property for an extremely good price for that area um, yeah. and just decided, you know what, if we fix these places up, this property is probably going to be worth, you know, seven, eight hundred thousand um, once once we get both the cabins fixed up. So nice. And so you're not in a huge rush on that one. You're you're doing that no. yourself and you're just going to you're going to get through the process. Well, and. Uh... <laughs> That's kind of funny. You know, we said, okay, we're going to get contractors to do this one. We don't want to, we'll, we'll, we'll pay this time. Yeah. Terrible contractors. Um, one guy it, it's in that area. It's so remote. It's so horrible to find, uh, good contractors. Um, the one guy not show up, not show up. Oh, I'll get there. Not show up. Ditched him. Got a guy that helped us on our other one that we thought was good. And then he ended up telling us we needed to rip our whole bathroom out. Turns out I don't believe him after I went and looked at it. He screwed the plumbing all up. So I ended up fixing all that myself. Um, so I, we basically ended up doing the whole damn thing ourselves anyway. The only good contractor we found out of this whole mess is a concrete guy. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so you're, you're putting it all back together. Yeah, pretty much. You know, it, it, it's, you know, it, we, we were like, okay, well, we'll pay someone to do it. It'll get done faster. No. Uh, did not. We could have done it ourselves. Um, that another thing to look for too is it took ten months to get our well dug. There was no well on it because it was attached to the previous owner's property. Um, they just sectioned off that property and sold it, but they gotcha. still own like eighty acres. And they they said, "Hey, you know, you, you got to put a well in." So that, that was ten months waiting to get that done. <laughs> yeah, to get that oh. yeah, drilled and everything else. What yep. So did you, when is your estimated completion on that, on those two cabins going live? 
Um, so hopefully this weekend on the small one, um, okay. we're, we're, we're just, uh, wrapping things up, hoping to get pictures taken this weekend. Um, and the other one, hopefully start the renovation on, which we're not doing ourselves, hopefully found a good contractor down there this time. He's yeah. done about 30 renovations exactly like this old cabins that are run down. Nobody's been the, the other cabin, uh, by our estimate of what was left in it, which was a VHS collection of about 300 tapes. We're guessing nobody's been in it for about 20 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, it, it, it's in decent shape. You know, the, the bones of it are, um, and this guy has done like 30 cabins down there similar to that. So he's like, look, this is what I do. This is my bread and butter. I love doing these renovations. So Hopefully we found a good one this time. <laughs> good. Yeah, good. And and that's another lesson when you are working in remote areas and you are working in some out of the way areas. Sometimes it is difficult to find, you know, contractors mm -hmm. and service professionals. And so yep. when you dive into these areas, there's going to be a few more challenges. It's not like being in Columbus and you, you know, there's, there's people <laughs> everywhere, right? And, yep. Yep. And, and so some of these remote areas that we do buy these types of properties in, it is more difficult to get work done. Mm -hmm. And so that's another challenge and something that people should be aware of as they dive into some of these areas, if they are planning on doing major renovations or a lot of work. Yeah. And that's, you know, you touch on finding help too, you know, cleaning. Um, we finally, we've been cleaning the place ourselves uh, <laughs> for a year, which is a lot of work and yeah. a lot of time. So we actually, just yesterday had our first set of cleaners come in and, and, and do that. So we're hoping we can find some good ones down there and, you know, get rid of that off our plate and concentrate more on the marketing aspect and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, nice. You know. Did you, uh, what, how did you find the ones that you're, that you're starting to use now? Um, on, uh, there's a, um, a owner's site on Facebook, uh, for the area and, you know, just kind of, reading through that and finding recommendations and the, these folks. And the problem is most of them that have recommendations don't have any openings. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. The good ones are, the good ones are tough because they're busy. Right. Right. So they, they had an opening, uh, because somebody had left. So they, uh, they said, yeah, we can do it. And they said, they can probably do our small one. We're open too. Cause that's going to be an easy clean. I mean, that's, it's only 480 square feet. It's, yeah. it's very, it's a tiny cabin. It's very small. So that's probably like an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, so. <laughs> a, that's, a, that's a quick one for them. And they're close. Yep, yep. yep. They're very close. They're they're like, they live on the same, in fact, uh, state highway that our cabins are on, they said. so. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, and I always love to share that. that uh, you know, Facebook groups, especially owners mm -hmm. or area Facebook groups, yes. can be really good resources when you're, when you, especially in those areas that are smaller, um, talking and getting recommendations. There's some companies that are popping up for cleaner, cleaners and maintenance people, specifically for short-term rentals um, that we've had a lot of luck with inside of our group. Um, it was Turnover b, &B but I think it's called yeah. Turno now, Tur Tur okay. Turno. Um, but if you look up Turnover b, &B that that's a good resource for cleaners, maintenance people, boots on the ground type of uh, yeah. help for these types of properties. And a lot of, and, and you'd be surprised at how many small areas are covered. Mm -hmm. And so- okay. Yeah, something something to look into and and uh, obviously share with our audiences. You know, those don't overlook those local Facebook groups and owners groups in in your local areas that you're at because a lot of people are you know 
they're, 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 you know, we always like to recommend good help and good professionals. And so you can a lot of times find some, some really good professionals and help in those areas. So mm-hmm. as you dived in, you know, going through it, obviously you didn't get too scared away from the, the renovation because you're, you, you don't <laughs> write back into another one on yeah. <laughs> next properties. But as you, you know, we, we've kind of covered a lot of different like learning points through this process, which mm-hmm. is really fun and which is why I love to dive into these case studies. Um, what does the future look like? Are you you're gonna are you hoping to continue to grow in that area? Or you you uh, mentioned the beach, you know, earlier. You know, are you guys mm-hmm. gonna kind of expand outside of the Hawking Hills area? What does the future look like for the portfolio? Yeah, I mean, we we definitely want to uh, do a, a beach property at some point. You know, we we like the um yeah like Nags Head, Outer Banks kind of area. That that's one of the places we uh, vacation at. Uh, so that that's on our radar at some point, uh, you know, uh, real estate down there when we first started looking, you know, was just absolutely ridiculous. Um, with the, the numbers just, you know, while they worked a break even point, maybe they just, you know, they weren't going to cash flow. It, it, it didn't seem, yeah. uh, just because the off season there is truly an off season based on, you know, it's, it's, you know, pretty much nothing for right. three, four months. <laughs> Yeah. So we're like kind of like, ah, yeah, we'll maybe, you know, start to run the numbers for, you know, Hocking Hills. And I was like, wow, these numbers actually work really, really well. So this is, seems like a good starting point. So, yeah, it, it's it is something we want to, you know, we've learned a lot um, and, you know, doing a beach property now would you know, make more sense. I think even if it doesn't cash flow as much, we'll still be cash flowing at our other properties and can, right. you know, use use some of that if necessary to uh, augment on the beach side yeah so. sup- supplement the beach property yep. depending yep. on where it's at yeah yep. awesome well as you like you said you learned a lot the kind of the <laughs> i always like to to end with one question but before we end i always like to tell you thank you you know for sharing the oh, story yeah. it's really important we live in this world where t- kind of sometimes we um we don't uh we don't share our wins as much as we probably mm-hmm. should and so it's always i i love these episodes where we can share our wins um, really exciting that you, you know, you're going on to about a year and a half now with property number one. Sounds like it's been a really great success, a lot more revenue than you were anticipating. Those are always really fun stories and, and fun <laughs> things to happen, right? Even yep. though there was some uh, some challenges along the way and being able to share that, right? It's uh, yep. um, obviously the 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 proof is in the the actions that you're taking that you're you're still in the game and you're buying more properties, right? And, and continue yep. to do it. And so I really appreciate you coming on, Brian, and and sharing that story with everybody and our listeners. When you go back, if you went back to the very beginning and had to give yourself some advice and say, you know, after I've learned all these different things, what would be some of the the number one things you would tell yourself before starting this journey? Um, I mean, one of the big things is, especially if you're going down the renovation route, is really try to have some contractors lined up even before you purchase the place and uh, yeah. if you if you can have them look at it the problem is that when the market when we were buying you couldn't do that i mean you were putting an offer in the you know the property went on the market and it was sold the next day there there was <laughs> there wasn't oh can i can i get my contractor to come in and look at this there there was none of that you know and yeah. you know now you might be able to do something like that but um, that's something that I would definitely uh, say is is and try to find those owner groups in the area. I didn't know about the owner group. I was on another Facebook group and somebody from down there said, "Hey, you should join the Hocking Hills Lodging Owners Group." I'm like, "Yeah, oh yes, I should." <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um. So definitely search that out as you're doing properties because someone will even let you in if you're if you're just interested in in purchasing. 
Uh, I, I know they do there sometimes. Uh, somebody's yeah. like, "Hey, I'm I'm buying down here," and they'll and that that resource is absolutely fantastic because there's you know there's three four hundred people on there that have you know some have been doing it for 20, 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> And, yeah. you know, most are willing to help out and share. So it's, it, it's it nope. definitely one of the things I do. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And great advice. And those owner groups should not be overlooked. Right. I, I mean, I, because they, and you can just search on Facebook, just type yep. your area and yep. then, you know, you'll find these groups start to pop up. And in fact, the property that I was, um, I, I tapped into an owner group on Facebook for, we were trying to put a dock. We have a property that we bought in Georgia and we're on a little lake and we were putting in a, a floating dock and I needed a contractor to build a floating dock. And I went to that yep. owner group. Sure enough, I have three or four people that that do that. And I was, I was yep. having a hard time finding one. And that Facebook group was, I mean, all of a sudden, immediately, as soon as <laughs> I put that in there, there's people saying, oh yeah, we had them build ours and here's a picture. And you can, you know, yep. they, you know, so it, it, they can be an invaluable resource. And I love the advice of saying, really dive in to making sure you get your contractors specifically you're talking about, but really all your partners, right? We've got, when we dive into, I always talk about our step-by-step process. Mm -hmm. Our process is really after diving in and understanding and planning out the game ahead, we, we figure out the location we're going to. Then we build a dream team of partners way before we go into the acquisition phase and making offers and everything else. You really do want to do that before you're buying the properties because you want to know what professional team you've already got built and resources that you have available as you dive into this game. And if you're if you're finding that contractors are difficult to come by and you know they're nobody's nobody's around, nobody's to be had, everybody's too busy, you might make different buying decisions mm-hmm. when you're looking at properties that need renovation. So it's a really yeah. great piece of advice to say, hey, really, really build that list of partners and understand who's available resource-wise before you buy. And I think that's a great piece of advice that hasn't been shared on our ep- on on the the podcast before. And I think it's great. Yeah, one one more thing too that you made when you brought up the dream team thing. Our our first real estate agent stunk, uh, yeah. so uh, de- definitely make sure you get a a good good real estate agent. You know, we we did purchase the first property through her, but she she was not good. Um, and now now we do have somebody that's grew up in the area, local to there. Um, great guy. You know, he'll shoot me stuff, properties, say, hey, Brian, this is coming on, you know, market pretty soon. You know, he'll, he'll just, I'm like, I don't have the capital for it right now, you know, but thanks for thinking of me. <laughs> sure. Yeah. At least, you know, at least somebody <laughs> that is, you know, out there thinking about you, understands the market, yep. knows what you're looking yep. for, hopefully sending you yep. properties that fit yep. your needs and buyer goals, yep. right? That's a, yep. absolutely, it's a, they're, they're a huge <laughs> resource for us and, and finding mm-hmm. the right one, just like yep. any other professional. Real, realtors are not all created equal. Contractors no. are not all created equal. Management <laughs> companies are not all created equal, right? Yeah. So we have to find the right ones that fit our property goals and mm-hmm. understand what we're looking for as buyers and investors. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome, Brian. Well, listen, I really, really appreciate you sharing your story with us. These are really fun yep. episodes for me. I, I enjoy these um, probably more than anybody because I get a, a chance to sit down and, and talk with not only our members, but successful short-term rental investors and, and yep. being able to share that with our audience. And those of you listening and joining us, we know how valuable your time is. And we always appreciate you sharing it with us and spending it with us. If you got any value out of these episodes, I always ask that you give us a like or a thumbs up on YouTube or on our podcast platform. If you have more than 30 seconds, give us a review, share it with somebody you know. And always, I leave you with one challenge, and that is 
to go pick one thing that you can do today to go start building that life that you don't want to take a vacation from. Cheers, my friends. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. Share this with other people you think need to hear about it. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Hey, Grace, is there a website? Yes! For more amazing content and expert advice, visit modesty.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.